0: Hi everyone, you are listening to the third episode of Femme Powers Changemaker Series. My name is Tanisha Shep and I will be hosting this episode. Today, we have Upasna Makati, the founder of Whiteprint, India's first English lifestyle magazine for the blind. She has been featured in several publications, including Forbes' 40 under 40 and the Microsoft Equal Opportunity Award for Innovation. In this episode, we will speak about Upasana's journey as a social entrepreneur, her work at Whiteprint, and the impact of the coronavirus crisis on the blind and partially sighted. With that, I'd like to welcome Upasana. Upasana, Thank you so much for joining us today. We are thrilled to have you. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you so much for having me. And this is really exciting. For sure.
0: It would be great if you could start by telling our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and your journey with the white print. Sure. I
1: I have pursued my bachelor's of mass media with a specialization in journalism in college. Uh, Post that, I went to Canada to study communications for a year. When I came back, I worked with a PR agency in Bombay um, for for exactly one year. And uh, basically, this thought of creating white print happened to me when I was reflecting back on the day, uh, you know. And uh, I have a habit, like I love looking back. I love about what went wrong, what went Right. And, you know, uh, just it sort of gives me perspective uh, to what we do in, in our daily lives. Uh, and just while doing that, I, uh, I don't know why, but I just happened to think about what is it that the visually impaired started their day with. And, um, of course, I went on to reading a little bit more about it. Couldn't find concrete answers. And post that, I decided that I'll I'll visit uh, the National Association for the Blind, uh, which is in Bombay, Worli. And uh, I went there and I spoke to the director there. And he was like, I just asked him, you know, that uh, what is it that, you know, you start your day with? Is there a newspaper? Is there a magazine? And I was 23 then, and I just happened to ask him, uh, 22 in fact, yeah. And I just happened to ask him, uh, what if I started the magazine? Mm, Would the NAB allow me to use the press? You know, I'd pay for the services, uh, but would you allow me to use the press and print a magazine? And, you know, he asked me that... uh, is there a government organization that supports you or have you come with an NGO backing or what is it? Uh, And I said, no, I'm going to do this individually. And just tell me, you know, if that's going to happen and do me a favor, just connect me to a few people who are visually impaired. Because um, unfortunately, I didn't know anyone who was blind. So I didn't understand uh, the requirement and the need. And of course, when you start any kind of uh, venture, you want to know Uh, the target audience you want to know why the gap existed and understand it in a much more deeper way you know Uh, and he did that and then he said uh, "Mm, go and create a foundation and then we can talk about it and I was you know really really uh sort of engrossed in this whole conversation and uh I decided to do a lot of more research because I didn't want to jump into it. I spoke to the people that he connected with me uh, with uh, and then also try to do more online research, you know, and within three months of doing this, I decided that I had to quit my job and I had to come up with a magazine because uh, I was convinced, you know, I was convinced that this was something that was needed because when I, whenever I would go to somebody who was visually impaired and put this idea forward, you know, they would simply tell me that, you know, now that you are coming up with this thought, you better make sure that you do something about it. So that was my reassurance. That was a starting point, you know, something to sort of push me to take that big decision. So that's how Whiteprint started. And I did eight months of... Uh, all the legal work, you know, in getting the title of the magazine in place, setting up the bank account, deciding the content of the magazine, and putting together a business model. And post that, in May 2013, we had the first issue of White Print that we released uh, to the country.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing. It takes a lot of courage and conviction in yourself to take that leap of faith. Um, we are so grateful to have you as a part of Fempower's Powers community. So as you mentioned that you write and edit some of the content for the magazine. I was wondering if there were some aspects that you tend to highlight or de emphasize given the nature of your audience?
1: Uh when we even like when I write myself and we also have a lot of contributors who do contribute content to the magazine. Uh, our guidelines are very simple you know they have to be more descriptive uh, in nature while writing a particular article but there isn't any taboo topic or there isn't something that we don't speak about just because somebody is blind because I have a reader who's about 80 and you know she she told me for the first time that uh, I should be able to read everything in the magazine that I might not be able to experience in my real life you know so that became like a a point of reference for me to decide what goes into the magazine and from there there was no looking back you know so our magazine has articles on politics on fashion on uh, culture travelogs lot of short stories um, you know environmental issues Uh, home gardening, you know, just because my audience is visually impaired, we don't give them a particular kind of content that isn't true uh, at all. Because uh, why that happens is uh, when you speak more and more to people who are visually impaired, when you interact with the community, you realize that they're no different. And these are just preconceived notions that people have and assumptions that people make. Because, uh, you know, disability is such a taboo topic in our country and otherwise, you know. So um, that's one of the biggest, biggest things that we've done is, uh, you know, apart from creating interesting content, we even try to normalize, for lack of a better word, uh, the idea of uh, being visually impaired. It's just that you don't have one uh, sight, um, I mean, one sense, but uh, because of that, it doesn't make you any different. It doesn't uh, change what you consume as content or as products or any of that matter, yeah.
0: No, that is great to hear because I think a lot of people are a little cautious and wary when it comes to the sensitivity of such issues. Um, And then my next question was regarding the pandemic today. You know, today we live in such unprecedented times. We are imposed by new norms such as social distancing, which takes away from us our sense of touch. However, the blind are heavily reliant on these tactile senses. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on how we can lend a helping hand um, to them and help them navigate this situation.
1: Uh, I think uh, with or without the pandemic, uh, there are mammoth challenges that uh, people who are visually impaired, or re- uh, regardless of what disability uh, one might have, uh, challenges have always been there. Of course, the pandemic brings another set of challenges. Uh, the most the foremost thing that anybody could do is uh, when you're creating a product, when you're creating a website, you know, are you being more inclusive in nature? Uh, Does your website uh, support screen readers? You know, those are the basic nuances that one could, uh, you know, look at. Something as simple as social media, you know, when you use uh, Instagram, for instance, uh, there is an option to enter alternative text. Now, that alternative text is there for a purpose. Uh, When you enter that, somebody who's using a screen reader will be able to understand what the picture that you've just uploaded stands for. So, you know, those kind of things, your hashtags, you know, that you have. Uh, If you capitalize the first letter of, you know, every word in your hashtag, the screen reader is able to read that. So these are little things on on the web front that one could do. Of course, uh, there are apps like uh, Be My Eyes. Uh, I I really uh, love it and I always recommend it to people. Uh, You know, one must download it. You get calls from across the world. Uh, It could just be a visually impaired person trying to buy uh, or trying to have medicine in his own house but does not know because every uh, medicine uh, pack does not have braille uh, written you know especially in india uh, there isn't braille uh, instructions there aren't uh, you know expiry dates in braille so uh, what happens through the app uh, you basically get a call from somebody and uh, you answer that call and they'll ask you any question uh, and you just need as a sighted person you need to Uh, help them or just solve the question that they have. For instance, once I got a call from someone who was shopping uh, in Chennai and uh, she wanted to know whether the the shirt and the pants that she chose uh, looked good together and she wanted me to describe what the shirt looked like. So uh, things like that uh, are really interesting that one could do. But apart from that, I think the biggest thing uh, anybody could do is uh, stop, uh, you know, discriminating against people who are visually impaired. And the whole idea, like I I read a lot of posts which say... Mm, Oh, this person has done this, uh, you know, he's visually impaired or this person is a wheelchair user and he's achieved this and this is so inspiring. You know, our language uh, on a day-to-day basis really needs to change because uh, just because he's blind and he's done something does not make it inspiring. By doing that, you might be... Damaging the other person, you might come across as you know trying to show sympathy instead of just being empathetic. You know, so um, the the use of language is very important. Trying to be more inclusive, as inclusive as possible. Mm, in every aspect you know so those are the little little things that you know we could change in our day-to-day uh, lives and change our perspectives and how we deal with it and uh, primarily we do this through storybooks you know we are, we, are, we think that if we talk to children about it you know we might be able to change their outlook and hopefully create a more inclusive space uh, you know in the in the near future so um you know sort of taking the message to every child out there right? And that is uh, what we want to do, you know, more with literature, like talk to children about how normal it is to, you know, have a friend who does not see, but uh, basically figures out a fruit with the sense of smell and touch, you know, trying to do those things. And our storybooks just uh, do that. And we're, uh, I think by next week, we should be out with our second book as well. So I think uh, those kind of things and talking to young children about it, not making it seem as a taboo topic, are great ways of, you know, uh, dealing with the situation.
0: Yes, that's extremely inspiring to hear. I think it's so important to change the narrative surrounding these topics. Um, And then my next question for you is, you know, you started this as a social initiative and I was wondering if you had any advice for entrepreneurs navigating this social, entre- and, uh, this social enterprise space and whether you faced any specific hurdles um, in terms of this being a social initiative? Uh, I think first
1: and foremost, my Advice to anyone and everyone would be if you want to enter the social entrepreneurship space, age is never a factor. There is no correct time. There is no let my hair turn gray and then I'll do uh, this. Uh, in fact, I feel like now is the time to jump into these uh, aspects because uh, if the young, if uh, the youth has interesting solutions that can solve gaps, can solve issues uh, in the society, and also in turn make money, I think it's 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 great. It's 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 a win-win situation, you know. And in terms of hurdles, yes, um, because I run it as a for-profit venture. There is a lot of problem because uh, since disability in this country particularly is looked as charity-driven, uh, yes, there is a problem in talking to corporates you know, who don't wish to uh, advertise with us because they think, oh, who's going to read Braille? You know, but uh, they forget that uh, the visually impaired also consume the same FNC, FMCG brands like any other sighted person does. You know, so uh, even though you know an Instagram page uh, might have five newspaper articles or, or a cover of a magazine, that does not make the challenge uh, the challenges any lesser. You have to go through them. And I think that's the most interesting part of an entrepreneurial journey that it allows you to learn. You know, it lets you learn. It lets you grow at a pace that uh, maybe, you know, a job might not allow you to.
0: So I, those are the end of my questions. But if there's anything else, you know, you want to mention on this podcast, um, you can go for it now
1: uh i think uh, it's important to support one another in terms of uh, competition is fierce these days but if you don't share if you don't learn if you don't grow together i think this is the this is the day and age of collaboration so i think uh, people who are starting out or people who've already started out i think it's a great idea to ask for help uh, never feel shy for doing that and then coming together and creating something even better so I think collaborations are great and please go for it and uh, feel free to reach out you know if if you need uh, advice you need consultation on certain topics I'll be more than happy you know uh, it's been seven long years of
0: That is so great to hear because that's the exact reason and our motivation behind creating the Femme Power platform. So with that, so with that, I'm gonna wrap this up. I think this was very inspiring for all the budding social entrepreneurs out there and myself. Thank you so much, Apasna, for coming on and sharing your story. I think there is a lot of useful information our listeners can get out of this. Listeners Please do visit Aparna's profile on our website to learn more about her and White Print. And feel free to reach us at info at with comments and feedback about what you would like to hear next. Aparna, it was great having you on and we are so excited to see what you have in store for White Print next.